Peace talks between Russia and Ukraine have failed to bring about much in the way of peace between the two nations. But why has China, one of Russia's most important allies of late, decided to join the talks? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Welcome. China has joined recent peace talks between Russia and Ukraine held in Saudi Arabia. This is after snubbing previous talks held in NATO member Denmark. China has long been one of Russia's most important allies, especially as the invasion of Ukraine stretches into its 17th month. Some analysts have suggested China's attendance in Saudi Arabia signals a possible shift in Beijing's approach to the situation, though how much this is the case remains to be seen. Joining us to discuss further is David Zhang from China Insider. Thanks so much for joining me today. So why is China deciding to join these talks now? Veronica, China's been trying to do this for the past year or so, uh, trying to facilitate and playing that role of peacekeeper. And I believe China will continue to try to maintain that stance for as long as possible. But I really question the ability of China to satisfy both the side of Russia and Ukraine in the peace, uh, peace talk, because I simply don't see China trying to uh, abandon Russia at this point to try to concede more to the Ukrainian side. But I also don't see that China will uh, satisfy some of the Ukrainian demands because they knows that Russia is one of the most important by the geopolitical and uh, around the international stage right now. So I believe China is very much just trying to keep playing that peacekeeper role uh, as we speak. Do you think publicly on the world stage, they are conducting them themselves one way, but then privately sending potential aid and maybe having a different stance? That's absolutely the case. Uh, we were seeing a lot of evidence of China at least sending in parts that would be, uh, that would build towards things like missiles or uh, drones and things like that uh, through third country, third party countries. And, and while at the same time, like you mentioned, they are playing this uh, nice role on the international stage trying to facilitate peace. And I, I really think that China at this current stage does not want the war to end. Uh, because as we we know that the war has come to essentially a standstill and, and attrition is very much possible uh, to go on for a very long time. And China really needs that to keep the Europeans, especially uh, the NATO countries in that region to to keep guessing what China wants to do. Uh, but China, I don't think they're uh, really down, you know, trying to stop the war. I don't think that's that's their main objective right now. Do you think they are concerned that potentially they're cozying up too much to Russia? And as you mentioned, that maybe they don't want to see some of their other alliances and deals with other European nations potentially uh, end? Right. I, I, I really question what China's thinking in terms of the European countries, because, uh, of course, everybody knows that the red line is for Russia to stop uh, the invasion in Ukraine. But like I said, China's really not in a position to end that for Russia. I'm not sure if China at this point even, you know, is thinking that Europe or the United States uh, is banking on China to to play that role. But I do think what China is trying to do is to rally around countries, uh, particularly they're going to Saudi Arabia, which is a country that's growing closer to China. It's to play up that they are the alternative version of the world's leader 
and, and they, they that they, they can command countries to at least follow them uh, in, in what seems like an international negotiation. So I think their goal is ultimately to try to replace the United States as the one that's going to facilitate. If anything comes out, it's going to be about the facade that uh, Russia or sorry, that China is in a much better position than the United States to uh, facilitate facilitate talks. So what does their presence say about their support for Russia? Right. Uh, we know that uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin is set to come to visit China in uh, this fall. And so that already sends the signal that to us, uh, you know, China and Russia's alliance isn't stopped. And uh, although the details of the meeting we'll have to see, um, I don't think China right now is is really abandoning Putin in any way. Uh, the support hasn't stopped. China and Russia, uh, they've essentially continued to be allies in this war. And uh, despite them, you know, not saying that, but there is that limitless friendship that uh, I believe she and Putin really has established. And especially when it comes to security, you know, there is the recent Prigozhin uh, mutiny in Russia, and we saw how that does to the, the regime stability in these dictatorships. So I do believe that China and Russia, they're on the same boat, and they can't really hop off. Now, a lot of analysts, also generals, have talked a lot about how this is a proxy war, that the United States is sending aid to Ukraine. And meanwhile, uh, China is sending aid to Russia. Uh, you know, do you see that continuing on? Do you see any changes? You know, obviously, this is the 17th month. What is your analysis? I think the war will go uh, continue on as a war of attrition. Two sides are going to uh, have costly economic, being able to sustain it economically is going to be a big factor. Uh, but China's main objective is not Ukraine or Russia. It's really Taiwan. So if the situation in Ukraine becomes very helpful to distract, to distract the West, where Taiwan becomes a possible opening, uh, then China will definitely seek that opportunity as far, as fast as possible. But if the situation goes south where, you know, Russia begins to lose or the support from NATO and allies begin to pile up, then uh, I believe that China will still try to preserve itself over Putin simply because Xi Jinping knows that political security for the Chinese Communist Party is paramount. And even though they say there's limitless partnership, his, his own safety and security comes first. So in that vein of what he's looking to try to do, how involved do you think China would likely be with some of these different uh, peace negotiations? Right. We, we've seen the peace plan from China. It cannot satisfy what Ukraine or at least what Zelensky is uh, wanting to do, which is the uh, return of Crimea and, and pretty much all of the regions of Ukraine that's currently currently occupied by Russia. Of course, China, that, that's such a demand that I don't think any party around the world is able to satisfy right now. Uh, and, and then, you know, with, with Russia, to what extent does China want to say that, you know, Putin, you need to give up some aspects so that I can be the peacekeeper in this uh, to, you know, essentially sa sacrifice some of Putin's objective so that China can look better on the world stage. Uh, I, I really question if that's something that China is able to do or convince Putin to follow suit with. What do you make of how Russia has been reacting to this? Right. I, I think that Russia and China, they are um, still going to maintain that at the core uh, right now, they're, like I said, they're, they're the same type of regime and they're fighting
over a common interest, which is to displace the U.S.-led uh, rules-based international order. So I think on both sides, they're going to try to play up that, uh, you know, their sovereignty over everything else. But at the end of the day, like I said, I do believe that China's interest in Russia only matters as much as it is a reflection of their ability to take Taiwan. And if, if things go south, uh, China will kick Russia away. Uh, but I do think Russia is also in a state of, of becoming a vassal state of China. So in, in the end, I think China is the main beneficiary, uh, whether this war goes to attrition or it ends quickly. Uh, so I, I think China stands to benefit a lot if Russia uh, continues on the war or if it somehow ends. But China comes out on top as a peacekeeper. So you did mention Taiwan. What do you think the rest of the world should be looking for? Are there any uh, potential movements that could indicate that they are looking to take a very uh, serious stance or, you know, potentially any type of military action? Right. Of course, we know we all know the t- uh, the timeline is to, uh, 2027 or end of this decade. But uh, given how the Chinese economy and the recent case with the political purge goes, I really question she's, uh, Xi Jinping's ability to launch an attack right now. Uh, but, you know, with dictatorships, it always goes to the extreme, especially with uh, the CCP. But um, I, I think the big issue for us right now is can we sustain a two front uh a war plan where you have to support Ukraine and support Taiwan at the same time. Many people question that. I personally also question that. I think our focus in the United States can only go to one side if you want to ensure. And I think Taiwan is a much bigger security and uh, political interest for the United States. Um, so I think the focus should be directed to that right now. But uh, given how Ukraine is a part of NATO's focus, I don't see how that's being abandoned. So I, I think it plays into China's hands to continue like this, uh, to, to kind of drag on the war so that sides can be distracted, particularly with Europe and then parts of the United States continuing to send aid to Ukraine. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. again, it benefits China to, to be this way. Thanks so much for your insight. That's the program for now. I'll see you soon. More right after this. 